0: While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will allow you to grow your business and take it and your life to the next level. Today, I'm excited to have as my guest, Samuel Droschak, and let me tell you a little bit about Samuel. Sam Droschak is the co-founder and chief process scientist at Trueville, whose mission is to assist businesses in reducing wasteful activity by providing them with innovative tools, software, and expert content. With over a decade of experience in management consulting, Sam has worked with companies in financial services, resources, legal services, media, and digital services to simplify and improve their operations using business science fundamentals. He is the author of Becoming a Conscious Business, a book that explores the efficiency of biological systems, and how to apply them to modern business. There's far more to his biographic background, but I will put that in my notes so that we can get right into this. I chose the title today, something that's near and dear to my heart, which is leadership. So please join me in welcoming Samuel Grashak. Hello, Sam. Hi, Vicki, thanks for having me on the show. So it's a good name for me to remember. My daughter is named Samantha, and I have all her life called her Sam. (laughs) So (laughs) Sam comes naturally to me calling out. We always start with a very easy question, which is, where do you live?
2: So I currently live in Springfield, Virginia, which is about 20 minutes outside of D.C. Oh, my brother lives
1: in D.C. area, too, in uh, Fredericksburg.
2: Yeah, this is the the great Northern Virginia complex now, is what yeah. they call it.
1: Oh, the great. You still have terrible traffic. So,
2: terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. Terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I try to avoid it as much as possible.
1: <laughs> so, what is the process data and why is process data so important to us? Sure.
2: Process data is really the data that describes reality. And that may sound lofty, but really what I'm talking about is when you talk about a process in the context of business, you're usually referring to people coordinating their activities to create some valuable output. And the data in which you describe that data would be process data. That makes sense, right? But when you think about what you're actually describing is you're describing a scope of physical reality, people coordinating together and doing very complex and variable things. And you're trying to figure out how to describe it with data so that it can be analyzed so they can be communicated and that's process data. It's the data set that describes reality, mm-hmm. operating reality to be more specific, I suppose.
1: Yeah, so part of my job as a project manager for 20 years was process mapping in which we had to go through the process to create that data that you're talking about, which sometimes is very difficult for people to uh, grasp. So what is process science? Process science is something
2: that is new. We're really trying to bring it out there as from Truval's perspective. And when I talk about process and combine it with the word science, it's it's meant to evoke the idea that the data, process data, like we just talked about, can be analyzed and it can be analyzed in such a way that it's the outcomes of whatever that analysis is, is replicable Mm -hmm. across different contexts and independently verifiable by different parties. And that's really the heart of the scientific method and what makes science because if it's scientific, that means it's not anecdotal. Mm -hmm. It's not just based on people's experience. So if I called in three consultants and, you know, as a project manager, if I called in three random consulting (laughs) shops they're very likely going to analyze a process differently. And they're going to come up with different results of that Mm -hmm. analysis, or they'll try to draw on their experience and they'll tell you, this is how it works, right? You hire us because of our experience of this matter. What we're really trying to broach the conversation about is process data can be structured consistently and you can analyze it. And it doesn't matter who should be analyzing it. If I hire three consultants and they're going in with a scientific mindset, they should be able to look at a process and look at the same problem and the same objectives and come up with the same solutions.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's really the basis of process science. It's to say that a lot of things that we're used to being experience-based, anecdotally based, mm-hmm. they can really be scientifically based. And we just need to create that database and we need to create that rigor. And that's what we're practicing over at Trubel.
1: So how long does that process last week?
2: how long does the process of process science last it's a lifelong pursuit for me and and i think it will be it will be an expansive pursuit it will definitely keep me engaged and busy in my life yeah for sure for sure we're right at the beginning we're right at the beginning of it
1: yeah so when what is energy flow as it relates to the process work and and building better businesses
2: sure So when you think about process science, it's very broad.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And I like to tell people, if if I'm a biologist, I study, I'm an expert in biological processes. If I'm a chemist, an expert in chemical processes. But if I'm a process scientist, I'm just an expert in how processes work generally. Mm -hmm. How does every process like to be configured so that it can be performing better? And if you talk about a process at that detail level performing better, you're referring to how much energy can flow through it effectively. And energy in the business world is... Uh, We like to say it's just capital and labor. Mm -hmm. So those are two ways you could think about energy. And every process, the more it has flow to it, it means more capital and more labor can be moving through a process. And that means more outcomes can be generated. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the important work of this process work is really trying to think at a high level, how am I always looking at processes and trying to promote more energy flow through them? And that's what how we create better businesses. We don't want to be blocked in our processes. We don't want obstacles to flow, Mm -hmm. barriers to having that flow of energy come through your business and your process. And that's how we build better businesses. We move more energy through our businesses because that means we're having less resistance. We're creating more product. We're creating more valuable service. And this also is the exact same language can then apply to people's personal processes too. So it's not just business constrained.
1: Correct. So I know one of the things that was always an outcome as you got to know these, um, processing the, um, the, it, there were opportunities that came up as well as the gaps that are blocking, that are causing that resistance and things. And, uh, many times people just l- focus on the, the gaps or the problems and miss the opportunities that would make a better flow, a better business.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's a, it's, it's very particular word choices because like you mentioned, people tend to get very focused, hyper-focused on mm-hmm. problems or on blockages at the expense of the entire picture. Yeah. So when you're trying to create flow through a system, you're not just trying to focus on a particular spot. You have to be, if you think about flow and think about increasing flow, you have to always have the whole system in mind. What is the entire scope of process? What are we trying to have energy flow through mm-hmm. and what's blocking it? Not how do we just work with this block how do we destroy this block yeah. because we need to know how the whole system is working together
1: yeah and and the re- I, that's a very good point because you could f- correct this block and not be looking further down the line or further you know forward um, back or forward to to see okay if i fix this though am i going to break something else
2: Right, um, or you could break something down, like a dam is broken, but your clog is actually upstream. So yeah, you could yeah. spend all this time, and then no water is going to get through your your new open space anyway, because you're not exactly. really thinking about the overall flow.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And energy, you know, we talk about energy, and people find that word very abstract, but also it brings that science scientific aspect to it, which is mm-hmm. everything is measurable. It's what makes things move, and in business, the idea that labor powers our businesses capital is a proxy for labor mm-hmm. and we could all have a whole other conversation yeah, on that <laughs> but, but it's really this idea that how do we get more of this human energy applied mm-hmm. in a productive manner and that's that's right. what we're referring to
1: very good and so um we've talked about process a bunch um but what do you mean by process is everything uh, you know what uh, what does what all does that impact, I guess, the word process?
2: Yeah. Well, this is one of the the things I like to say and maybe get people, you know, wake them up a little bit. Because when you say process mm-hmm. everything, a lot, that word is so dense in the business world. When people yeah. say process, they could be meaning a lot of different things mm-hmm. because it's such a huge scope to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when you say process, the first thing they think is a very detailed and bureaucratic standard operating procedure, for example. Mm-hmm. And they think, okay, when they hear process, they think oppressed, they think constrained, that somebody's going to put a process in here. But when you're analyzing process, it's where we started the conversation. Process is just reality. It's just everything that is happening. So when I say process is everything, when you learn process science and you start practicing it and you start being able to capture and work with process data, it's everything around us. It's everything in motion. There's energy driving all the things that we care about in our world. And if you learn how to work with that data, then there is no, there's no such thing as there is no process here. You know, I've gone into many businesses over my career and they say, well, there is, there isn't a process. (laughs) Well, there's people in this office, they're moving around, they're doing things. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean there's no standard. When we talk about process and the scope of what this discipline really is about, it's everything. It it applies Mm -hmm. to everything. And that's again, where personal, professional, business, non-business, it doesn't matter if there's a subject and it's part of our reality that we're experiencing. You can make a process map, you can analyze that process and you can increase flow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of my things was, I always made them do this process piece first before they even really outlined what the project was gonna be like, because as you said, as you got to um, understand the process, which as you say, there is always <laughs> a process. Um, it. It could be that what you originally thought the project should be, should be something different.
2: Well, that's right. And a lot of people are learning that now that we're in a more digitized world, especially Mm -hmm. a post-pandemic world where people are not able to engage their senses like they used to and just walking around an office quite as easily. So oftentimes, like you say, people don't know what is the process that they're even concerned about. What is the subject? And until you document it, until you pull that data and you can look at it and you can talk about it, then it's all just guesswork. Yeah.
1: So can you give us an overview of the broader landscape of AI and it's the significance of the world today, which to me in this conversation, I think is going to be pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. So I'm pro AI. I know there's a lot of people now that AI can be a scary conversation Mm -hmm. and artificial intelligence and automation. Let's kind of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce automation in the conversation because I think it's hard to talk about AI without at least talking exactly. about automation. Mm-hmm. And artificial intelligence is really intelligence. You could say, you could debate whether we're talking about intelligence in the human sense, but really we're just talking about, I, I'm referring to it as the ability to make decisions mm-hmm. independently of a human operator. That would be a, a form of intelligence. And that can be very simple artificial intelligence where I'm coding it. Hey, in this situation, pick A if it's red, pick B if it's blue or it could be up to now our more dense machine learning algorithms and these robots that you see with like semi-human appearing type cognitive functionality. Mm -hmm. But regardless of what kind of artificial intelligence you're talking about, it's mostly in the service of automating processes. And even automation, I think a lot of people have this misinterpretation, which is that automation is just adding robots into into the mix. Yeah. But I like to tell people from a process perspective, automation is just driving down the cost of decision making. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it that way, if I take a CEO today and I train an intern to be able to make half the decisions he's making, I've successfully automated that process. No robots, no technology involved. It's just the ability to structure decision making and judgment and logic so that it can be moved down to lower cost alternatives. Mm. And artificial intelligence is a very effective new tool that we can expand the complexity of decision-making and move it down into even further and further lower cost resources down the ladder because an artificial intelligence is, is it can be a robot, it can be software, it can be whatever. So this whole idea that AI AI is exploding right now because people are just continuing this trend of further automating, reducing costs, increasing productivity, and I think it's fantastic. So how does all this fit into the conversation we're having? Well, the thing you need to effectively automate, to effectively deploy and use artificial intelligence is process data. It's good process data (laughs) and it's good process analysis. Yes. So everyone's scrambling to, let's say, get on this whole AI train and reduce their cost of their business through automation. But what everyone's missing is an effective way to capture and communicate their process data. And I think that's the number one step. And Mm -hmm. we always want to pass over that step. But it's the one that's you know the toughest. And like you said, making <laughs> process maps is tough.
3: People yeah, struggle. But it's with that. so
1: so helpful. I mean, I would spend months just gathering all that data. And to me, this is why I think it's so exciting about what AI can do, because now I could dump all that data into AI and in probably minutes give me insight that I would have taken weeks to go over and, and it also, you know, it could, you could ask it questions to be able to go back to those subject matter experts and say, so what about this? You know, I, and I would have been not have thought of asking some of those things. So, yeah,
2: and that's absolutely right. And the one thing I would say is AI is only get better at that. And mm -hmm. the more complex process data we can give it, that's better quality the better those questions answers will be because the whole thing about AI right now is it's going to be garbage in garbage out.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, we hear that in a lot of different contexts, but that's why the importance of structuring good process data, the data that describes what's going on is -hmm. going to really, in my opinion, bring about that next revolution AI, because then we can give AI data. It's like being able to take a photo of an operation and it be able to translate into something that it can then analyze to your point. It can analyze it so much faster and in such more complex and exciting ways than we can as people. Or at least they can do it yeah. so much more quickly. So it's exciting. It's an exciting frontier. And I think we're only at the very beginning of
1: it. And if you think about um, a, a lot of the automation and the, the technology, technology that we have, uh, you know, the projects that I did a lot of times were technology. And so we would have one edition or one iteration of that. And then three years later, we wanted to improve it with AI, you keep on putting all that process data, the new process, and then you have this historical of of processes. And I think then you can even come up with more intuitive or um, innovative ideas, because it's looking at things that were done in the past and in and um, how can they just continue to grow and improve upon that. So I think it's pretty cool.
2: I think it's very (laughs) exciting. That's what excites me. The the passion about this whole process thing is if AI could do what you're suggesting and read historical process data, look at how processes have evolved over their life cycle and understand how they continue to evolve to meet business objectives. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have AI writing business strategy. Yeah. you're going to have ai like look forecasting the future of markets and businesses that we don't even know doing r and d i mean this is kind of the the next step i think
1: yeah and if you do a good job as a process mapper to get that data that is accurate then it's going to be less garbage out <laughs> because you're putting quality information in and right. and historically we are not great at saving as leadership changes as people users of data change we're not great at saving that archiving that and so if you have it in that central brain if you will then i think um that's where the process becomes more efficient yes well
2: and also one of the challenges that people aren't talking about a lot and this is really the focus of process science at truval right now especially is It's the process mapping takes so long, and it's so arduous, and everyone maps Mm -hmm. in different language, conventions, colors. That's why it's very hard to save that historical archive, because unless you have the consultant or the process person internally or the project person that wrote the map, the data is very hard to interpret, and it's not comparable Mm -hmm. across most companies. If I map in one company and I have another person mapping in another, those maps don't usually match up or talk to each other so really finding a more practical standard language is really how you know i strongly believe we need to start that conversation and that's a lot of the work that we're doing
1: i know at my company we had a, a process group that was part of our pmo and so um we had that consistent consistency but it had to you had to keep teaching it and if a new thing shiny object came in and now all of a sudden all that was written previously is, may not be as valuable if it's this new shiny thing doesn't read it right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we're moving quite along here and it's time for us to jump into some rapid fire questions. So what makes multitasking a myth?
2: What makes multitasking a myth is that one can only have true cognitive flow in one plane of attention at a time and that's also proven in processes you would never design a process to have parallel paths Mm. and i could i could i could probably speak at length but i won't because it's rapid fire but mathematically that never works out and it's the same for people so you know focusing on one plane of attention in serial actions is going to be more productive than trying to do things simultaneously which we can't physically do anyway
1: We'll just have to have you back and we'll just have that as our topic because yeah, we could. <laughs> and, I, and I was a true, uh, oh, I'm a multitasker, you know, in my younger years. And, um, and it was during my project management <laughs> process mapping years that I realized now I'm just not very efficient in that whole aspect. What are some key strategies to get more done?
2: So getting more done, one of the key strategies that might, be counterintuitive to people is reduce your time Mm decision-making and that's another one of my favorite process science tips which is well i guess it's not that surprising if you think about analysis paralysis if you've heard of that people Mm -hmm. try to avoid that but the idea is you in the present moment Mm -hmm. you only have a certain amount of data you can always choose to acquire more data to make a better decision or just make the decision with the data you have on hand and if you want to be more productive in your life and in your business Always focus on making the best decision with what you have on hand or making very tactical decisions when you need to acquire more data. And if you reduce your time and decision-making and just constantly act and iterate, think of life as an experiment, not like Mm -hmm. a decision you have to get right every time, and then you're going to become a lot more productive.
1: And the final one is how do busy people, leaders juggle these competing demands that we have all the time? Yeah. So
2: the first thing that comes to mind is prioritization, (laughs) especially as busy leaders. And I think always having a system, and this is about your personal process and about your getting your own energy flow going. If you show up every day and there's a hundred things coming at you and you haven't developed some sort of system in order to prioritize them, some basic standard logic or saying like, you know, my family has this priority or my business has this priority. It could be simple and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be the same every day. It could change over time. But you want to experiment like everything else we're talking about. You need to have some sort of system of prioritization that works for you. And then when you're bombarded every day with all of these different things coming from every angle, it's just the same process every day, which is, okay, this came in, what's the priority? Put it in queue. And then you yeah. process as much as you can. And then you focus on reducing flow if you're generating a backlog. And then we go from there. I know I make it sound easy, but th- that can be very difficult, but rapid fire. So we could go over the mechanics of that some other time perhaps.
1: <laughs> we'll add that to the multitask. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, But basically um, I, it is something that once, just like anything, practice makes perfect.
2: <laughs> yes. Prioritization does take practice. I will yes, say that. It, it does.
1: It does. Yeah. All right. So it's time now for me to share my screen. If you have just been listening in, I will give you orally the website information, but as always, You can find everything in my YouTube channel, as well as on my website, all the information that will be shared on the slide. So Sam's website is https colon forward slash forward slash www.truvle.com. That's www.truvle.com dot ecom He's on LinkedIn. You can find him at Sam, D-R-A-U-S-C-H-A-K, Drosshek. Again, Sam Drosshek. And I will let Sam talk to you about what you can find when you go to that sure. T-R-U-V-L-E. So you're not going to find
2: much there now, to be honest. We're a new company. We're a tech startup. So we like to stay lean on our costs. But you're going to find a landing page with a very exciting... opportunity to sign up for our first process mapping product where we're doing, we're promoting an opinionated process mapping product. It has a language that we've baked into it. It has a very, very low learning curve. And we're really hoping to do what we talked about on the show, which is help people standardize process data and make process mapping, which you know you talked about being so difficult, a lot less difficult and easier for companies to do. So if you're interested in process mapping or structuring mm-hmm. better process data, all you have to do is say you're interested. And we're hoping to have that uh, ready for testing this quarter, um, later, in, later in the quarter. So maybe around like August, September timeframe. So get on the list. That's pretty much all there is to do on the website right now. And we'd love you to be part of our tribe.
1: And on your LinkedIn site, do you um, have some? Yes. So on LinkedIn, and more you can activity find us, uh, or anything going on there? business
2: on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn, where we're just posting small things right now, and you can follow us in all the places Retrieval is online, and we you'll get updates that way. And also, please on my LinkedIn, reach out if you have any questions about any sort of the process work or even process science as a whole. We'd love to hear from you, so you can reach out through the website contact, or you can reach out to me on my LinkedIn directly, and let's have a conversation.
1: All right. So thank you so much for being a wonderful guest. I always like to talk about process mapping and not have people have their eyes like, oh, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, oh no, not again. <laughs>
2: it's my favorite topic. So it might be a commentary on me as a person. But...
1: Oh, no, I, I truly when I first got involved with project management, it was just the natural thing for me to uh, start to understand process and then When I found out there was a a tool, (laughs) it's like, oh, this makes my job a little easier. So very exciting. um,
2: Processes everything, as we talked about. That is,
1: that is. So as I always remind everyone, life is a journey, and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Netling, signing
0: off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Netling